The Gospel according to Luke, the 14th chapter. Glory to the Lord. On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host. And the host who invited both of you may come and say to you, give this person your place. And then in disgrace, you would start to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down at the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He said also to the one who had invited him, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors in case they may invite you in return and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, Christ. Please be seated. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I have really wrestled with the Gospel text this week. Whether you have been the host or a guest at a function, this text reads at first as if it were an advice column from Emily Post, <laughs> giving etiquette tips for hosting or attending a party. I remember a colleague joked once that these verses make the case for place cards at any event. <laughs> but I am convinced that scripture is more than a rule book or a set of instructions. Scripture is not a mere collection of morality tales or advice. Scripture is a living word where God is always the actor. The scene we enter with Jesus is a dinner party. Jesus has been invited by one of the religious leaders to come to the Sabbath dinner at his home. You may remember that last week we heard a Sabbath story also. When Jesus healed a woman who had been bent over for 18 years, one of the religious leaders who witnessed the miracle scolded him for healing on the Sabbath. 
And it turns out that on this Sabbath, there's a healing too. It takes place in the verses that our reading skips. Only this time, instead of berating Jesus, the onlookers are silent. No words of protest or shame or judgment are spoken to Jesus or the man that he heals. Luke tells us that the other dinner guests were watching Jesus closely. And we are left to wonder, were they really watching to see what his manners were like? Or were they watching to see if they could trick him or trap him? Or is it possible that they were curious and leaning in, watching to see what he might do or say next? We don't know, but we shouldn't assume that everybody there was antagonistic toward him. Evidently, Jesus was watching them, too. Because watching how they chose their seats compelled him to tell the parable or the story that follows. Jesus boldly addresses the host and his guests. Imagine being invited into somebody else's home and then changing the invitation list or correcting the guest's behavior. It feels presumptuous at best. But maybe that's the point. Swiss theologian Karl Barth once said that faith in God's revelation has nothing to do with an ideology which glorifies the status quo. In biblical times at dinners like this one, there would have been a central table and guests would have been reclined in seats around it. Everyone would have known their place in the pecking order. And if you presumed to take a prime place, then you could be asked to move down and farther from the center when a more honored guest arrived. The story that Jesus tells illustrates a different kind of banquet and a different way of being together. The banquet that Jesus describes isn't about reciprocity or repayment. Instead of seeing life as a series of transactions where you do something in order to earn a particular benefit or to win the favor of another person, this banquet that Jesus tells us about is first a place of generosity where we leave seats open for those who may not have arrived yet. It is a place of humility where we don't think more of ourselves than others. And it is a place of kindness where we welcome those who would typically be excluded. At this banquet, we are all guests, and God is the host. God extends the invitation to us all and removes all the barriers for us that we may come and participate. 
When we gather around the bread and the wine, we participate in God's banquet for us all. Whether we are poor in spirit or we don't know how we will pay our bills, whether we are paralyzed by pain and physical disability or by anxiety and depression, whether we physically cannot move or we are immobilized by fear, whether our eyesight is failing or we simply can't see beyond the blinders we have on, God says to each one of us, I see you, and I love you, and you are welcome at my table. Lutheran pastor Delmer Chilton tells the story of going to a Holy Week breakfast at a big downtown church down south. It was a chrism mass. The clergy had all been called together to renew their ordination vows and to eat together. And Pastor Delmer describes how they drove in early, mostly from the suburban and rural outskirts, wearing their best Lutheran finery, black suits and black shirts and white collars and silver crosses. And they vested in the chapel and filed into the choir stalls and the chancel. The bishop preached and prayed, gave them communion, and they prayed and received the elements, as he said, with humble hands, if not with humble hearts. And after worship, they moved to the small dining room where they consumed a generous brunch of eggs and bacon and biscuits and cheese grits and sausage balls and fresh fruit and 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 and. They sat at oak tables covered with linen tablecloths. They ate off good china and with silverware that appeared to have a significant amount of silver in it. And they had a wonderful time together. And when it was time for Pastor Delmer to leave, he got turned around in this big downtown steeple church and he got lost, but eventually he made his way down a corridor and found himself in the street on the opposite side of the church from where he had expected to be or wanted to be. And the morning sun was shining brightly and it took him a moment to figure out where he was. And when he came to himself, he looked down the sidewalk in the direction he wanted to go and he saw a long line of folks huddled on the dewy grass, trying to stay warm and dry while waiting for the food kitchen housed in the church's basement to open. Pastor Delmer wrote that he felt very conspicuous walking along beside that row of folks, dressed in his best suit, carrying his robe, a silver cross around his neck, he spoke to a few of the folks as he walked to the corner. And as he came to the street and turned to the left, he glanced back. And then he looked up and to his right. And what he saw stopped him, dead in his back. From where he stood, he could see 
into the floor-to-ceiling, wall-to-wall windows of the small dining room. He could see the assembled holy people of the Lutheran churches from the area, smiling and talking, warm, dry, and well-fed. And by simply shifting his eyes, he could see a significant number of the area's homeless population, cold, hungry, silent, and appearing as alone in a group as they were by themselves. And he wondered, on this Tuesday of Holy Week, in this city, at this hour, which group would Jesus be eating with? clergy or the homeless. He says that really he wondered which group should I be eating with? Or better yet, shouldn't we all be eating here with all of them? Our gospel is a word worth struggling with. Participating in the heavenly feast or banquet isn't just about Holy Communion. It is about sharing our life with God, with each other, and with the world and our neighbors. And like Pastor Delmer, we should wonder about the people who aren't here with us. Amen. When we look at who's missing, we may be surprised. It may be the person whose grief keeps them from returning to the pew where they worshiped with their spouse for years. Or the person who feels like they have failed God or made a mistake they think is too big to be forgiven. It may be the person who has suffered tragedy and feels abandoned by God. But it may also be people who are working on Sunday morning or don't have transportation or don't know whether their identity, their appearance, their language, or their clothes would mean they weren't welcomed. Jesus tells us again and again that it is God's invitation and table and all are welcome here. Come, eat, and drink and know God's abundant forgiveness and love for you. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, we give you thanks for your boundless love. We give you thanks for your son Jesus who challenges us to see the world and our neighbors as you see them. Give us confidence that your invitation to the banquet includes everyone. And by your spirit, help us respond with generosity, humility, and kindness. We pray in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen.